Hi and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you are currently looking for a new home church, we'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at either our 10am or 4pm service. For more information about our Sunday service or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this great message from Sunday service. Not a lot of preambles this week. We'll just go straight to it. How about that? And uh, but today is a really significant Sunday in Christianity right across our nation. Um, because today is, is what is known as I Forgive Sunday. There are thousands of churches across the nation of Australia preaching today on the topic of forgiveness. And our church is a part of the Australian Christian Churches or the ACC. And there's about a thousand churches in the ACC today addressing the topic of forgiveness. And so today is called I Forgive Sunday. And uh, I think it's a really great thing to talk about at the beginning of the year, just to go into the year with a clean heart. And, uh, you know, I, I shared briefly a little bit, but, but last year I was at a conference uh, the ACC National Pastors Conference. There was about 1,500 pastors all gathered into the Gold Coast Convention Center on the opening night. The worship was awesome. I was fully feeling the presence of God and I could feel the Lord started to want to, to talk to me. And I was like, yes, Lord, speak. So I sat down in my chair and, and as, I was, as I was opening my heart, the Lord said, James, you're offended. I said, Lord, surely that can't be true. The Lord said, no, you're, you're offended. I said, Lord, I'm not offended. I'm not angry at anybody. I'm not offended. The Lord said, James, you're offended. I said, all right. And I knew that the Lord was going to continue speaking to me. So now I got out my phone with a blank note. I take a lot of notes. Um, just so you know, I was sitting down. God was speaking to me in worship and I was writing things down in worship. I'm not on Facebook during worship. So if you ever see me doing that, God speaks to me and I like to write those things down. It's how I, it's how I facilitate my relationship with God. But I'm in the middle of worship and I started crying. The presence of God hit me. And I proceeded to write down names that were, were hidden in my heart that I didn't even know. I wasn't consciously offended. I was subconsciously offended. And I wrote down 14 names. 14 names that I didn't even know were issues in my life. Now, now please understand, these were not things that I had done. These were things that had been done to me, that hurt me. And, and sometimes I just, I don't know, I'm a bit of a guy sometimes, so I just sweep things under the rug. Women like to explore all those things. But we guys, we just tend to just lift up the proverbial rug and sweep those things under the rug and pretend like they never have. Oh, yeah, 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 radio, mate. But I, 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 I was so overwhelmed with the fact that I had had 14 people in my life. 14 is not a small number. Like maybe I was thinking, maybe one, Lord. No, it was not. It was 14. Some of my dearest friends, one of my dearest friends, I was, I was, so, I was so hurt by him. 
I, I, was, I, was so, uh, I, I was really offended with church leadership. There was a pastor that I really looked up to that, that had really let me down. This is all recent. This is not like over my life. This is all like six to 12 months old. There, 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 this is going to sound petty. And I, but we had three people that I loved and prayed for in our church just leave our church and didn't tell me that they were leaving our church. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's just part of pastoring. But it hurt me. I, I, I realized that, that I was carrying all this stuff in my heart and I began to cry and I, I began to pray and I said, Lord, I don't want this in my life. I, want, I just want to be free. I want to love people freely. I don't, want to, I don't want to walk around cynical and critical and, 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 and I don't want to carry that stuff in my life. I want to, one of the things, uh, if you don't know, Pastor Kevin Forlong is one of my, he's probably my spiritual father. Pastor Kevin's 75 years old. And when you talk to him, he's just, he's just got such a pure spirit. I'm, I'm 41. I've been in the ministry now for about 15 years. When I'm 75, I want to be able to look like Pastor Kevin and keep a sweet spirit. I don't want stuff to get into my heart. And so as we, as we tackle this subject today, I, I want you to know that this is something that, that I go through. This is something that we all go through. And and again, this is not sin in my life. It's stuff that happens to us that we don't. I didn't ask to be hurt. It just happens. And I began to pray and I began to cry out to the Lord. And I said, God, I want this out of my life. And, and so I just started name by name. I said, I forgive you. I let you go. I forgive you. I let you go. I forgive you. And it was a, now I'm snotting. There's snot everywhere. And, and this, is a, this, is, this is something of... 15 minutes earlier, I didn't even know it was there. And here I am having this big moment with God. I find that, that when you have offenses or hurts, by the way, offense, people say, I'm not offended. Because, you know, we all know better than to be offended. But we get hurt. And a hurt is an offense. It's pretty much the same thing. Okay, maybe offense makes you think you're angry. Well, you don't have to be angry to still feel hurt. I've had to process so much stuff in my life. If you don't know my story, I grew up in a story of a family of domestic violence. Um, my house was crazy. And my journey with my parents and my journey with my dad especially was, was pretty wild. I remember being a young man. I gave my life to Jesus at 20. And, um, and at about 22 years old, I was with some Christian brothers and they said, James, have you ever processed and dealt with spiritually the stuff about your dad? I was like, no. And they said, well, you need to forgive him. You need to let him go. And I said, wait a minute. I said, I don't know about that. And, and there's a great Bible verse where Jesus, it says that freely you receive, freely you give. And I knew that I had received and forgiven so much, uh, the forgiveness of God for so much in my life that I knew that I had to, had to process this. And so, so I did. And we went through a, a cleansing moment where I prayed out and I, I began to process all the violent memories and all the trauma of my childhood. And I just, I, God, I let him go. I let it go. I let them go. I let it, I forgive. I for, 
Oh, man, it was so powerful. Well, I felt amazing. And so that afternoon, for the first time in a couple of years, I decided to call my dad. And I just rang him. I said, hey, dad. And he goes, hey, mate. He didn't. He said, hey, buddy, because Americans don't say mate. And I said, Dad, I just want you to know I forgive you. And he says, what the hell for? I said, Dad, I forgive you for everything. I forgive you for, and I just started to tell him the time at the beach. Boom. Just, and I was telling all, and it got real quiet. And I said, I just want you to know I forgive you and I let you go. And he, you know what he said to me? He said, well, I'm not asking. And he hung up. And that was, that was a hard pill to swallow. Because I, uh, I thought, you know, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling wonderful. I cleaned out my heart. I'm great. And he wasn't in the same place that I was. Well, three years later, I'm married to Paula. Out of nowhere, I get a phone call from my dad. He said, James, you messed me up that day. You rang me. He said, I haven't known how to process it because I haven't known how to forgive myself for all that. And son, I'm not angry at you. He said, if anything, I've wrestled with self-hatred for so long over how I raised you. And I've wrestled with how. And, and he said, I know that day I wasn't asking, but today I'm asking. Wow. Man, oh man. Was that a day of liberation? It was a day of healing. One of the hardest things I've ever had to process in my whole life is the way that I treated my sister through high school. I was quite popular in school and my sister was not. And we rode the bus to school and I would intentionally bully her and belittle her on the bus to make myself even cooler with my friends. My sister spent high school with an eating disorder. And she, um, she was suicidal. And it's mostly because of me. When we grew up, we do to each other what you see done to you. And so when we were in our early young adult years, I, uh, I repented to her and I asked her, forgive me. And she did. It was powerful. But the problem was, I couldn't forgive myself. <laughs> I dealt with that 20, 20 years ago. I dealt with that and it still gets me. I think it's interesting how we go through life and sometimes we just... We don't bother to deal with things. If you don't deal with it, it's like if you don't take the trash out in the house, it just flows over and it's just messy everywhere. You gotta take the trash out. And I've found in my life whether it's, and, and, and the thing with my sister was so beautiful, man, we got healed, but, but you know what was, it was still bothering me. She was healed, she was fine, but I was still hung up on myself and what I had done to her. And our relationship has never been the same. 
And, and you know, I, I'm aware that there's so many people. I was talking with a man not long ago. He called me. He said, James, he said, I'm so mad at my church. I want to leave my church. I said, whoa, what happened? And he said, my four-year-old son was in kids' church. And we do church in a cinema. And I said, okay. And he goes, and, and they took the kids to the toilet. And the toilet was out in the foyer, the general foyer. And I said, okay. And they said that the kids' leaders took my kid out with all the other kids and they toileted them all. And then, and then they forgot my son in the bathroom. And for about a half an hour, my son was wandering around the public foyer of event cinemas crying four years old all by himself for mom and the church has really betrayed me they betrayed my confidence with my kid he said i'm mad i said bro i'm mad i said but if we don't if we don't forgive how, how can we process this how we we gotta we gotta we gotta forgive I, I, we we have all kinds of things that happen in in our lives i've got a friend who's a a um a a really prominent doctor and he went to a party and the pastor was there at the party at uh, this is a different church and um there's not one church, man no different it wasn't our church but they went to a party and the pastor and his wife and all their kids were sick as snotty as just really sick they all looked like they had covid and they freely showed up at this party and he and it turns out that they all had covid and they freely took their, their COVID to a, to a party. And this doctor, who is the registrar of the hospital, calls me. He goes, I'm so mad. I want to leave my church. And, and that sounds like a small thing, but it's not if you're a doctor at that level. I know a lady who is 50 years old. I was talking to her not long ago, and she said, I could never go to church. I said, why? She goes, because when I was 20, 30 years ago, People horribly gossiped about me and I'll never go back ever again. Wow. wow. You're missing out on the beauty of community in church because you've got an offense in your heart from 30 years ago that you can't process. I spoke to a woman who's from another country and she was raped. And she said, James, I really struggle to trust men now. I, 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 in fact, she, she actually told me that she had same-sex attraction. She goes, that, that horrific experience has messed me up so much that I actually don't want to have anything to do with, with men anymore. And it's amazing what happens when offenses or hurts get into our heart. We start to build fences that keep things out. If you've been hurt in church, I don't ever want to go to church again. If you've been hurt by a certain person, you don't want to go into that scenario ever again. And what that, what that means is, is that, we, that we, we actually build up walls and offenses to keep people out. I was talking with another woman who said she watched her parents just have such a bad marriage. She was so hurt by her parents' marriage that she will never get married. And I'm just like, wow. It's amazing what happens in our lives that starts to build walls that keep us from engaging the good things that God has for us. But what happens is they get into our hearts and they start to fester and they start to hurt us. There's so many opportunities to get hurt. There's opportunity, for, you know, opportunity in your family to get hurt. 
You know, we, we mock people and make jokes about daddy issues and you got daddy issues, you got mommy issues. The reality is, you know, I think all of us do. Um, my kids are destined to have daddy issues. I'm certain of it. <laughs> so I bring my humanity into my parenting. I don't mean to. But we, we actually need to allow God to, to heal us and bring us into a place where we, we actually don't carry that stuff consciously or subconsciously. Maybe you've had a friend that betrayed you. Maybe it was your boss. Maybe your boss betrayed you. Maybe your boss gave the job to somebody else that should have gone to you. Or maybe you were due a pay rise and you didn't get it. But it's amazing what happens. Then you start to get a bit sour towards your boss. Then you start, oh yeah, I'm offended with my boss. Now I'm looking for another job. So what do we do? We just quit and leave. It's what we do in church. Oh, I'm offended with that grow group leader. I reckon some of you are mad at me. I reckon some of you need to forgive me for something I didn't mean to say, but I said. It's amazing what, what happens in church. And, 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 and to be honest with you, I know a lot of people that are really shy about going to church because there, there are other people there and people hurt people. I, I think it's important to understand that offenses can compound on each other. They can. Offenses when they're not dealt with or hurts when they're not dealt with can compound on each other. And before you know it, we're carrying a lot. Here's just an example. Maybe you were a kid and, and you had something happen as a kid. Whatever it was. There was some childhood trauma. Your parents divorced, something. And it hurts. And then you go to school and maybe you have school trouble. Maybe you're getting bullied. Or maybe your best friend is not your best friend anymore. And now you've got another thing. And then, and then you go on from there and you get a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And, and then they break up with you or hurt you or do something tragic. And now, now you've got multiple things. You've got, a, you've got a failed relationship with your boyfriend. You've got your best mate that's not your best mate anymore. Your parents are divorced. And now you're, you're starting to carry some stuff. So you grow up, you find a, a partner, you get married, and then, you, and then your spouse hurts you. Maybe, maybe your spouse is into pornography. Maybe your spouse is into gaming and never pays attention to you. That, that's a real thing. But before you know it, then you start to build resentment because now you feel neglected, you feel rejected. Then, then you have some tragedy in life like, Maybe you have a miscarriage. Now I'm angry at God. Or maybe worse, your, your parents die or something happens. You go bankrupt or you lose your job. And, and before you know it, it's like I'm, I'm now carrying my, my childhood trauma. I'm carrying what happened to me at school. I'm now carrying, you know, the boyfriend that broke up with me. I'm carrying resentment towards my spouse. My, my parents, something happened. I, I went bankrupt. And before you know it, you're carrying all this sadness and hurt in your life. And you're actually being filled with toxins, the toxins of not dealing with or processing your own heart. This is why the Bible tells us that we need to guard our hearts. And so because you're so full of pain, you become extra judgmental. You become extra cynical. You become extra... You know, you, you ever seen people road rage 
It's like, I, I moved into your lane and forgot to indicate, and now you want to murder me. I reckon he has unprocessed unforgiveness that's manifesting on me who forgot to indicate. That happened to me just the other day. This guy, I'm driving in the van. I'm driving in the van, my whole family in the car, and this turkey swerves at my whole family. We're doing 100 kilometers an hour. I'm like, forgive your dad, mate. <laughs> We live with all kinds of muck and yuck in our lives that we don't even know. Because to be honest with you, the devil just likes to just, oh yeah, just, oh, whatever. Just move on, mate. But problem is we move on and then we don't actually deal with it. And then it festers in our lives and gets us, gets us all yucky. Here's, here's just a couple of things you need to know about, about forgiveness. The first one is forgiveness is a must. Forgiveness is not some optional, oh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Uh, Pastor Wayne Crook, a couple weeks ago, got us, lead, led us all in the, in the Lord's Prayer. It's actually a really powerful moment. This is what Jesus teaches us how to pray every day. This is what Jesus teaches us how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive and let go our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus is literally telling you in your daily prayer, let him go. Let them go. You can't. You, somebody once said that, that, that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. I'm full of all the top toxins, but I'm hoping you die. Jesus puts it like this. Now, this is serious. Matthew 6, 9. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Whoa. We, we have to be careful that we don't treat forgiveness like one of the optional things in the... Yeah, it's just, that's, just a, that's a side dish. No, that's a main dish in the kingdom of God. That is a main, that is a main thing that we have to hold on to. If I am forgiven by Christ and I know what it means to have all my sin removed as far as the east is from the west, I need to freely give what I have freely received. Now, let me say this, because I'm a big believer that forgiveness is given, but trust is earned. Okay, so I'm not talking about forgive and forget. I actually don't believe in that. Nor am I f talking about forgive and trust them again and welcome them back into your life. Some people have no business in my life. But I've forgiven them and I let them go. Okay? So please, I'm not talking about, you know, well, true forgiveness is to put yourself back in harm's way. No, that's not true. That's not true at all. But we've got to be careful. 
This is the second thing I want to say about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a process. And it's critical that we embrace the process of forgiveness. Some things you can forgive quick and heal quick. Other things don't happen so quickly. It's okay to even start with, God, help me. I don't know how to forgive. I think God responds to honest and true prayers. Maybe your first step is not, I let him go. Maybe your first step is, God, this is such a big deal in my life. I don't even know how to tackle this thing. Help me. Help me. I want to obey your word. I want to let them go. I just don't know how. I actually think that's not a bad place to start in some cases. It takes time to forgive. There have been situations in my life that I've had to forgive daily. The same thing every day. I let that go. I let that go. Every time it comes up, the feelings come up, the anger comes up. God, I choose to let that go. I let that go. I let that go. Then, then, then in, in some cases, you know, you go, okay, it's not daily. I can, you know, maybe once a week I'll think about it. And I go, oh, actually, I let that go. Remember last week, I let that go. I'm going to let it go again. I'm not going to let it keep getting in there. Once a month. Once a year. Maybe it's on an anniversary. If you're divorced. And you remember your wedding anniversary. It's amazing how funny things happen around the anniversary of a death. Or the anniversary of a tragedy. And I just choose to let it go. Again. I'll tell you right now. I've stopped forgiving my father. That's done. I actually have a wonderful relationship with my dad now. It's been unbelievable watching how God has healed us and restored us and reconciled us. It's powerful. I talk to my dad probably every second day. Um, He's still the old wily dog from time to time. But my dad is the best. I love my dad. But it's, man, you know, I've been married to Paul. I've been with Paula 20 years and Paula's watched the whole thing and how it's unfolded and it's been wild. But now I don't have to do that again. My sister, I I got emotional before. I actually don't hold unforgiveness towards myself. I don't. It's painful. The memories of trauma are painful. But I'm I'm not down on myself. I don't feel bad about myself. I go, man, I was a dumb kid. And I've let it go. But we need to process our hearts. Here's here's number three. Forgiveness needs to be verbalized. It needs to be verbalized. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness. To confess is to verbalize, to speak out, to own it. Lord, I did that. I thank you right now for your forgiving grace that washes me clean. But this is what it says. Keep going now. It says in James 5, 16, confess your trespasses one to another. Now, this is not to God. This is to to another. And pray for one another that you would be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. This word says that I'm supposed to tell you. And confess to you. Not not so that you would forgive me. My forgiveness comes from Jesus. But for healing. 
Notice the difference. I can be forgiven in God, but my healing comes through reconciliation with other people. You know that story in Scripture where there were friends and they had a lame they had a lame friend whose legs wouldn't, wouldn't work and, and they put him on his bed and they carried him to the Jesus meeting. And they got to the Jesus meeting and they found out that the meeting was full. There was no room. And so they literally, I don't know how you get a lame man up on the roof, but they got him up on the roof, cut a hole in the roof and let him down before Jesus. And so you have this lame man lying on the ground before Jesus. And, and Jesus comes up to him and he says, hey, mate, what's up? And he says, obviously not me. I'm... And so Jesus looks at this lame man lying on the ground and he says, hey, your sins are forgiven you. Now, if I'm the lame man who came to Jesus to get my legs working, I would have said, excuse me, Dr. Jesus, you have misdiagnosed me. The great physician needs to go back to school. It's the legs, not the forgiveness. Right? I didn't come to get forgiven. I came to get my legs working. I think Jesus is showing us something there. Forgiveness is a prerequisite to healing. So Jesus says, hey, just so that you know that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins, hey, pick up your bed and walk. He got up and walked. He got a two-for-one miracle. He got his sins forgiven and he got his legs working. How many lame areas do you have in your life? Where is the lame in your marriage that actually comes from some other thing? Where is the lame in your finances? Where is the lame in your mental health? Where is the lame in your spiritual life? Because you have not allowed God to heal and forgive something. And until we're willing to do that, we're going to keep driving with road rage. And we're going to keep mistreating each other. You know, we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Well, if you've got a whole bunch of junk in your heart, there's no way you can love your neighbor because you don't love yourself. God wants to heal us and set us free. Here's the last one. Invite the worship team to come. This is bold. This one, you're not going to like this one. Just go ahead and bump your neighbor and say, all right, I was with him until this one. Number four, true forgiveness turns into blessing. Jesus takes it one step beyond forgiveness. In Luke 6, 27, he says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other one. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. I told you we weren't going to like that one. What is he saying? He's saying, don't just forgive them. Bless them. Bless them with your mouth. Oh, they've stolen from you? Give them something else. 
When you bless, you're actually saying, you don't have power over me. I have power over that. I have power over the offense that you, I am so powerful in Christ that I am not going to allow what you did to me to hold me back. I am now the greater. You made me the lesser when you hurt me, but I became the greater when I can freely give, when I can freely bless, when I can freely walk with a clean heart before you. I'm not cursing you and gossiping about you and hiding away from you. I can look you in the eyes and I can bless you because I am free from whatever you did to me. Now that's easier said than done. And we got to understand it's a process. But I actually think God wants to deal with us. He wants to heal us. He doesn't want you to walk around your life lame with your history holding you back. Here's a couple things I want to do this morning. We've got a little bit of time. In just a moment, I want to create an opportunity to pray for people. I actually think God wants to speak to us today. What are some names that you need to write down? What are some things that are coming to your mind? Who has broken relationship with you and you don't even know why? Who left you? Who abandoned you? Who hurt you? Who spoke negatively about you? Was it a teacher? Was it a sporting coach when you were a kid? What happened to you as a child that you have not been even willing to address? What has happened to you? What is the trauma in your life that has affected your heart and has kept you lame? I actually think we need to give it to Jesus. I'm really inspired by the story of the man with the withered hand. There's a story and this man, he's lame in his hand. He's got one working hand, but his other hand, it doesn't work. And Jesus literally says, give me your hand. He says, give me your lame. He says, the thing that you're embarrassed about, the thing that you hold behind your back and you never talk about, he says, give me that thing. I want to work a miracle in your life. I've always found that when I give, when I give God my lame, that's when he does miracles in my life. That's how I can be free. How, how are we married for 19 years? Forgiveness. Uh, don't, even go, don't even go to the seminar this weekend. I'll tell you the number one thing, the number one thing that will keep your marriage is forgiveness. Every divorce that has ever happened has happened because at some point something happened that I couldn't keep forgiving anymore. And so we just had to go our own ways. Maybe it was adultery. Maybe it was a death of a thousand cuts. But I just couldn't keep forgiving it. And so we ended. The key to a lasting marriage is to give to your spouse what Jesus gives you every day. You don't even know to get it. Sorry, Brad, I blew it up. You don't have to go to the seminar next weekend. In just a moment, we're going to provide an opportunity. The Ray's going to lead us in some worship. Before we do that, I wonder if there are people here and you would say, James, I, I want to forgive, but I don't actually know the forgiveness of God. Can I say, you, you can only give what you have first received. In my case, I'm talking about giving other people forgiveness because I have first and foremost received the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. 
I know who I used to be. I used to be a womanizer. I used to be into drugs and alcohol. I used to be a little hooligan. And I realized one day that I was like, man, I can't keep living like this. I need, I need to know what it means to be forgiven. I need all my sin to be forgiven. And so I, I, I went to a meeting like this and, and I heard about the love of Jesus. That he loves me in spite of all the things that I've done. And he forgives me. And, and I said that day, I want, I want that in my life. I need to know the forgiveness of God. I don't want to know judgment. I don't want to know the anger of God. I want to know his love and his forgiveness. And so that day I prayed and I said, come into my life and forgive me, Jesus. Cleanse me of my sin. Take away all of my wrongdoing and make me a new person. That is step number one. And I wonder if there would be people here today and you've come to church. Maybe you've come for a baby dedication or it's your first time checking us out. And you would say, you know what? I don't know what it means to be forgiven of all my wrong. I don't know what it means to be to be washed clean. If that's you, I'd like to provide a moment right here and right now in this moment for you to pray and do business with God. Maybe we could just bow our heads. There's a lot of distractions. There's a, this, this message right now is not for your neighbor. This message is for you. It's not for your spouse. It's for you. Do you, do you know the forgiving grace of Jesus Christ? Have you taken the time to humble yourself and invite him into your life to forgive you? If you haven't, I'd love to lead you in a prayer right here and right now. You don't need to leave church the same way you came in. You can know his forgiveness right now. And so if that's you and you say, James, I need to do business with God this morning. The Bible says if we confess, that means we actually need to open our mouths and pray. And, and so what I want to do is I want to lead you in a moment of prayer. If that's you, would you just give me a little wave? Who needs to pray this morning to do business with God? Nobody's looking around, but I want to know who needs to pray. I see your hand, mate. That's one. One person. I believe there's a couple of people this morning that say, James, I need to do business with God. Nobody else is looking around. This is a great opportunity. I see your hand over here. That's two people. Come on. One more over here on, on this side. That's three people. Is there anybody else this morning? Don't miss this moment. This is a powerful moment. One last time. I see your hand too. Come on, that's great. Four people. Would you, would you, let's pray together right here. And this is the way we're going to do it. We're going to, I'm going to pray a little bit of a prayer. And then I want to ask you to repeat this prayer after me from a sincere place. Church, let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me. You proved it when you went to the cross to forgive me of my sin. Jesus, wash me. Make me a new creation. Take away my pain and my shame. Amen. Lord, for those three or four people that prayed that prayer for the first time, God, I thank you that you see them and you know them. Lord, anybody else who prayed that prayer, I thank you that you see them and you know them too. And God, your love and your mercy has no limits. Right now I speak, today is a new day. You are clean and you are forgiven in God. Your past will not hold you back from your future anymore. Lord, I speak right now where there's loneliness and emptiness. Lord, that you would come and fill them afresh. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, would you stand? 
Thanks for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed this message. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship.